You're listening to a Brain Stew Fresh Fright Review. What's up, creeps? Welcome to a brand new Brain Stew Fresh Frights Review. Yep, that's right. This is that show. You've been waiting for it. We've been kind of all over the place, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. Never aware. But we're back. around the world. Oh, yeah, baby. It's here. We're here. It is the beginning of spooky season, and we're about to do our shit here and we are here to talk about a brand new movie that landed in theaters last week it is the prequel to ty west's movie x which came out earlier this year which is like the craziest shit ever that we're getting a prequel and another movie from the same filmmaker in the same year that connect to each other and they're both doing well financially and they're both hits successful doing well critically the whole fucking deal but yes we both i think all three of us Landed pretty well on X, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's What's even crazier is if if you break down what these movies are about, it's insane that the general public's like, you know what, you know, I'm gonna go see, I'm gonna go see this movie about like people shooting a porno where this like old grandma wants to fuck them, and when she can't fuck them, she starts killing them, and then it was like, and then it was like, hey, did you like that that nympho psychotic grandma? Because here's a prequel where she's dry humping a scarecrow and fucking killing geese with uh, pitchforks. Like, and the the general public is like, you know what? I'm into that. The whole thing is weird, man. I mean, I fucking love love the ever-living shit out of it. By the way, before we go any further, for those uninitiated, we're kind of rude when it comes to this shit, but I'm Justin... I'm Biratti. Yeah, say that louder, motherfucker. Say it louder. It's been too long. Say it again. Say it again! I'm Biratti. Okay. I'm sorry, Mama. I'm Biratti. Nothing. Nothing. But yeah, motherfucker, it's been so many weeks since the actual Brain Stew crew has been together to do this shit, so I, for one, am very excited. But like Jeremy just said, this is actually insane. This is something that's like unprecedented or whatever you fucking say. Uh, it's just like something that never happens in the world of horror and let alone like movies in general, like independent original cinema. Uh, but I think Ty West is the guy to do it. And he's I mean, right now, both movies cost less than three million to make. And X was a big hit. And it seems like Pearl has already made its money back. So fucking a man. Yeah. This is just, you know, this is this is the year of naked old lady killers man spoiler alert if you haven't seen barbarian yes uh, you know now we we need to make sure to put those in there (laughs) please excuse me but dude x started something with this like naked grandma killing people thing and then you know i i saw a double header man i i you know having young kids and shit like that it's kind of hard to get to the movies a lot of times so last friday I was like, man, I really want to go see Pearl. And I was like, cool, man. Pearl starts at 730. So I got the okay from the wife. And I was like, all right, cool. Then I realized, oh, shit, Barbarian is also showing. And I really want to see that. So I did a double header, which I haven't done in years. Uh, And what's funny is that uh, so I saw it at my local Alamo draft house and I saw Pearl first. And then there was like 15 minutes in between the movies. I went to the bar and was like drinking Red Bulls because I was like, I'm old and I go to bed early. So I was like, yo. This barbarian movie, I need to, I need to be awake. So I'm like chugging Red Bulls. And Justin, you did the the review of Barbarian with the Loy Sauce. Yeah, and Gerald and, and Loy Sauce came Gerald. on. Thank those guys again for yeah. coming and filling in for you, dudes. So I'm just gonna give my little piece since I wasn't on the episode real quick about oh, Barbarian, here we go. Barbarian, and then we can move on. No, 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 dude, it was a, uh, it was a really fun movie. Uh, I liked the twist and turns in it. I don't think it's a movie that I like. I I love, you know what I mean? Like some of it works, some of it doesn't. It's kind of a little disjointed with the tone, but it was still a fun movie. But uh, did a double header and we, so I'm, I'm jumping around. A little, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you guys, man. It's been, it's been a little I feel while. like it's been like a month, but it really hasn't. I just um, saw you motherfuckers you know, we like the, two weeks ago. 
Yeah. It was like that's three. Yeah. No, three weeks ago. Three. Three weeks ago this weekend. Three. So yeah, we, we went and saw Children of the Corn, the Mahoning Drive-In, and that was fucking rad. We got to see Corey, and we got to see our boy Patrick, mm-hmm. and, and that was a good time. And then I went to Horror Hound, was that two weekends ago? I don't fucking know, man. Time, time and shit like that. And I really wanted to share a story about my experience at Horror Hound Week. I've, heard, I've was, heard this story, and you must tell it. You yeah, must tell it, because I have I, to it tell pertains, it, I have it to, pertains it. to a running shtick that's on the show every fucking week. If you don't tell it, it would be a sin. It would be literally taking something from our listeners, so you you, you have to tell it. To, to quote Jeff Goldblum, I must, I you must. must. So, uh, Brady, what's a movie that I like a lot, and I make sure to mention it on the show all the time? <sighs> I don't think it's the fog. You can be the soundboard in which I need to still build because I'm just going to click the <laughs> button. I, so I love can say the it thing. For you. <laughs> I love John Carpenter's The Thing. In case you guys didn't know, I didn't like know. The I don't thing. know if I've ever said this, but I love John Carpenter's The Thing. You just need to get it tattooed on your ass right now. On the one forehead. cheek, it says John Carpenter's. On the next the one, it says The Thing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then, like, when you spread my ass cheek, there's the fucking uh, tattoo of the Norse spider head on my asshole. Yeah. yeah. Does that work? Well, I was just going to say Kurt Russell, but I mean, then you wouldn't have to shave. Oh, dude. Fuck yes, dude. Oh, my God. uh, (laughs) (laughs) There's a rustling going on down there, boys. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, obviously, I fucking love that movie. And, like, if you guys, our listeners, listen to the episode that we did with Nathan Hanneman from Horror Hound. You know that I have a life-size kennel dog monster from The Thing. I just got it. My uh, my good buddy, Damon Farkas, assembled it, painted it. He installed glass eyes. It looks beautiful. It's screen accurate as fuck. So I told Nathan I had it. He said, wow, that's kind of funny considering we're doing a professional photo op where the kennel, like I have set builders that are building the dog kennel for the photo op. So I was like, dude, should I bring this thing? And he was like, yeah, fuck yeah. So I did. I brought that thing. <laughs> Unintended with thing. Get there. Friday, I, I bring the uh, the kennel dog monster down to the photo op area. And I help the uh, the set builders, you know, assemble the pieces to put the kennel together. Because obviously they're doing other photo ops and shit as well. So everything is built. It looks fantastic. I put the, the kennel dog monster center stage cast from the thing comes in it's it's amazing dude everything goes off without a hitch friday night all the fans get their photos with the cast the cast thought the kennel dog monster was really fucking cool i got to take my picture with the cast with the backdrop with my thing monster it was fucking awesome dude it was fucking awesome you know what was not awesome for me is what happened on saturday which i'm getting to right <laughs> oh, no, now shit. when you're dealing with hundreds of people and a cherished valuable item it's a little nerve-wracking like oh god it'd be the worst if somebody fucking like tripped and fell and like landed on it or like chris farley belly flopped on top of it or like whatever like it's like worst case scenario friday went great saturday oh dude actually real quick is that whole fucking set almost went down because thomas waits on friday like there was like hay on the ground, like it was like this weird carpet thing, but you roll it out and it was hay. And he like tripped on it, dude. And he like went to fall backwards and started going into the set. And like, dude, that motherfucker started to go down. And thank God, Keith David, being the boss that he is, grabbed him and prevented him from like literally destroying the entire Jesus. set. But anyways, Saturday, everything's going just as normal, just like Friday did. Until a guy comes into the photo op area with like, a shit zoo, like a, or some like tiny fucking thing that you can barely consider an actual dog. But he comes in with this tiny fucking dog and it's like an emotional support animal or whatever the fuck, you know, these, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say some other no, shit. No, no, no. Sorry. I, I, I'm, have not, those, I'm not trying to get canceled. I have those pant patches on both of my English bulldogs harnesses just because I want to take them anywhere I want. So it says yeah, support dog on fucking, them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What do you mean? My, you, people, what do you mean, you my people? people, I just want to take my dog in the store to a brewery and not give a fuck. <laughs> You're like, this dog is emotionally supporting me drinking my IPA. <laughs> yeah, ma'am. So uh, anyway, so this fucking guy comes in with this tiny dog. And this this guy, like, obviously he's paying $200 for a photo op, right? So obviously he's a fan. Nobody's going to drop $200 on this photo op that isn't a huge fan. So as he's walking over to meet the cast, like, he's kind of... I see him kind of fanboying out, talking to the cast, like, hey, it's so nice to meet you, yada, yada, yada. Well, I, 
I look over and I see the dog. The dog walks over to my thing dog monster and goes, <laughs> smells it. No more did he smell it. Did the thought go into my fucking brain? This dog is going to piss on my shit. It's going to piss on my shit. And no more did I fucking think that. Did that dog lift his leg and start pissing on my very valuable, <laughs> rare, brand new, life-size kennel dog monster from the thing. And, dude, it was a scenario where I, I, I screamed. I went, dude. And the guy who was, like, fanboying out with the cast looks down and he sees his dog just fucking taking a streaming piss on my shit, right? And it's kind of the scenario where you've got a glass of, like, a drink, you know, or milk or whatever, and you you knock it over on accident. And what you should do is you should immediately pick it up to prevent more liquid from coming out of the cup, right? But instead, you watch it for a little bit longer than you should have as you're watching the liquid come out of it. That was exactly what happened to this guy. What an analogy. He's looking. What a fucking analogy yeah. there. <laughs> he's he's looking at his dog pissing on my thing in shock, and I went, "Move your fucking dog! Move your dog!" And he was like, "Oh, oh, oh beef some butthead. Oh, you bastard!" And he fucking <laughs> and he fucking moves. He finally moves the dog. And everybody's like, oh, my God. And I'm looking at the photographer and he's like, he's got his hand over his face. He's trying not to laugh because let's be real. It's kind of fucking yeah. funny. It is kind of funny. I can see the humor in it. Dude, I, dude, However, I laughed. I laughed for a fucking whole day after seeing your social media. Oh, post. dude. <laughs> However, it was not that funny to me in that exact moment. I can see the humor, though. So in that moment, I was like, OK. I was going to try my best to laugh it off. So what I did was I tried that and I went, you got to be fucking kidding, which is obviously the most iconic line from the thing. And the entire cast went. Ha, 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 ha. So it was like, I feel like it was that moment where everybody was kind of watching me. Like, how is this guy going to react to all this going down? And I did that and it kind of broke the ice. And uh, so then the guy was like, he, they were like, okay, the photographer's there to do his job. He's like, okay, get ready for the picture. And I'm like, yeah, take 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 your picture with my pissy fucking dog monster, motherfucker. So he got his picture. Dude, the, the lady who was, like, moving the line along was just like, okay. And, like, she tried to bring in the next person. Like, they were just going to continue taking photos. I was like, hi, hi, I'm so sorry. Uh, Can you, like, not bring somebody over? Can I wipe my prop down that's uh has piss on it? And so she was like, oh, I'm sorry, yes. So I'm like, cool, let me grab some paper towels and wipe this fucking poodle terrier's fucking piss off my shit. So anyway, so, yeah, that that was uh, something that happened. And uh, like I said, it's it's fucking funny, man. It's funny. I can laugh at it I, now. I, I'm glad. That moment, I'm glad. I mean, it, it, you know, it, 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 it fucking, it's fucking hilarious, dude. Dude, uh, you know, my, my wife hates it that I'm like, I'm like, yo, you know, that's just my luck, right? She's like, God damn it. I hate when you say that because I'm like. It would, dude. It was a Larry David moment. Like I was waiting for the yeah. fucking <laughs> shit to play. So I can see your face like yeah, that with, so, with, with the fucking hair and the glasses and everything doing this. Like, yeah, dude. It it was it was incredible. <laughs> but outside of my pissy dog scenario, uh, the weekend was fucking amazing. Fredheads had its world premiere to a standing ovation. Super. Uh, I wasn't able to. It's a whole thing, but uh, I wasn't able to attend the premiere on that Sunday, but I know that it went amazing and I know that it got a standing ovation and uh, I'm super, super proud of, of everybody. And it seems that people really, really, really dug it. So super, super stoked for my, for my team on that. And it was a great weekend, man. It was, uh, it was cut short, but it was, a uh, it was a great weekend. Sweet. Fantastic, dude. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're actually going to take a quick promo break here for a few moments. And then when we come back, it's going to be diving in deep into Ty West's Pearl in this Fresh Frights review. We will be right back. What's up, guys? Gerald from Two Peas on a Podcast here. Are you just sitting there thinking to yourself, man, I really love some dude in his garage sitting around talking about arbitrary countdowns 
and his favorite things in the world of movies, music, and TV. Well, guess what? That's me. Please look me up. My name is Gerald, and I am from Two Peas on a Podcast. If you want to subscribe to my countdown show, I have a different co-host every week. It's often someone from the world of podcasting or entertainment. And we go through our top five favorite things in whatever that week's category is. You can find links to all of our content, subscribe via your favorite podcast app, and follow us on social media. The easiest thing to do is just head to our website, which is www.2peasonapod.com. I hope you look me up and join the party. It's a lot of fun. See you soon. And we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, all you motherfucking creeps out there creeping it real Getting prepped up for the Halloween season. It's fucking spooky season. And we're here to talking about that newest horror movie that landed in theaters. This last weekend, we're talking about the prequel to Ty West X, Pearl. Brady, for those uninitiated, tell them what that movie's all about. All right. Uh, well, like you already said, Justin, this is the prequel to Ty West's X. And for anybody who wants to hear our great thoughts on that with Joe from Movie Dumpster, head on over and check that out. But... This one, whereas X was set in the 70s, this one takes place at 1918 at the end of World War I, and it follows our main character, Pearl, who was the old lady from X, who's trapped on her family's isolated farm, and she's taking care of her ailing father under the bitter and overbearing watch of her devout, uh, very angry German mother. <laughs> hateful. Uh, this bitch is hateful. She is she was scary. As she was, man. Uh, I got a lot of vibes of like Carrie and Margaret White from Stephen King's For Carrie. Sure. Uh, Pearl is young and dreaming of a better life being a dancer and in the films and her world kind of becomes unraveled as she deals with the temptations and the lust for a better life mixed with all the obstacles in her way and it is just a horrific horrific ending to everything plus and being I, a, but a homicidal sociopath yeah so you know didn't want to give too much away with the synopsis but it's just yeah I no mean, from now on we, we got to make this clear on these because i've gotten a couple of complaints and it's not really our fault or anything we just kind of delve in deep and like to go as hard and as deep into things as we can get but yeah spoilers all around <laughs> spoilers all around i mean listen unless we say non-spoiler review ladies and gentlemen in the title of the episode or we say it right up front we're gonna be spoiling, we're always spoiling shit, shit. so just be aware of that i mm-hmm. promise for halloween ends we'll probably do a spoiler free review um as well as a spoiler full review but oh i can spoil that right now it's just <laughs> well, justin i'm 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 spoiling everything 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 but yes so but yeah. get around the horn here listen so i've talked a lot the last couple of weeks while you guys have been gone so jeremy let's start with mm-hmm. you man your initial thoughts on pearl yeah so uh my first initial thought is that i was starving going to this like i intentionally did not eat dinner because i was like yo I'm going to eat some delicious Alamo oh, I thought Draft you were House fasting food. or something. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no bad as shit. Going to still eat, bro. Can't stop me. Can always eat. Got to fucking Alamo. It's 730, so I'm dying. Because I'm like old man Rivers over here. I ate, I ate dinner early. And like five. You know? So I'm like dying by 730. They fucking finally bring me my food. And like, dude... It's like when Pearl's dad gets the most screen time and he looks <laughs> fucking goddamn gross, dude. Like he's like, <laughs> like drooling, like snot coming down his face and shit. I've got my Philly cheesesteak and I'm like, God damn it, dude. So <laughs> that's my first initial thought is I just wanted to eat my sandwich and I was grossed the fuck out by Pearl's How dad. How the fuck are you going to eat but a Philly no, cheesesteak? I, 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 I would fall asleep, dude. Are you like... You're not carb sensitive, apparently. I'd be like, I'm carb necessary, bro. Like, (laughs) bring me mozzarella sticks. Bring me fucking cheese steaks. Let's go. So, no, dude, this this movie, (laughs) I'm a huge Ty West fan. I've been a Ty West fan since The Roost, which I I thought was so brilliant when it came out. I think it was like 2004 or five that that came out. And I loved it. And and I thought it was brilliant. And I've I've seen everything he's put out since then and i man i there are films that i like more than other films but he hasn't put out a film that i have not liked and that that continues with pearl man i i really enjoyed this one quite a bit and what i think what i think works best for this is that i think a lot of filmmakers would have taken the formula that obviously worked for x because that that movie made money and and kind of stuck with that kind of narrative and tone and this dude it was so wildly different 
it looked the colors. God damn, it was so colorful. It was it was shot like it was a 1950s movie. The score, the score to this movie, Tyler oh, he Bates nailed it. Oh my fucking mm-hmm. god, dude! It was like a score out of like an old timey movie that you would you would catch on you know uh, Turner Classic Movies or some shit like that. Like it literally felt like you were watching a 50s movie that was hyper violent and so strange. Like guys. This movie, I thought X was kind of strange because there's the scene where like Pearl is fucking Howard and they're like, he's looking like Gargamel and they're like banging and it's like, you see his ass thrust. He's like, you know, and like, (laughs) and then you get this movie, which like, again, it was just beautifully shot, but God damn, it was so sadistic. And like one thing that I'd like to call out is that it's a very mean spirited movie. Like. When, when your central character that you follow predominantly for the entire runtime is the bad guy of the movie and is descending into madness with every single frame of the movie, there's no redeeming quality. Like, there are points where you, you do feel a little bad for Pearl because she does want a better life and she just wants, like she says, I just want to be loved and she just wants to fit in and she wants a, a better life than just living on that farm with her family and but god damn it is fucking mean spirited dude they when they fucking kill that that goose in the beginning of the movie or the duck whatever it's the a fuck goose. it was it's a goose yeah all right oh fuck yeah cool i was right the first time <laughs> i second guess myself though, so i was like yo i don't it know it has a long neck it's a I very don't... long neck yeah i'm not a you know bird whisperer but uh <laughs> so <laughs> apparently you're not a dog whisperer so... either <laughs> yeah fuck them dogs bro uh so <laughs> Oh man, uh, everybody's just like Jeremy's canceled after this episode, dude. The when the movie literally starts with like she's like singing and putting on a show, and it's very lighthearted for her like farm animals, and then all of a sudden this goose walks in, and he's like, and she's <laughs> she's like, she's like, Fuck like you, Mr. She's, goose. <laughs> she's like, yo, this motherfucker came in hot talking shit. So she was like, what are you mm. doing in here? Then she instantly gets <laughs> mad, her eyes go wide, and I'm like, oh shit, this goose has seen his last day. That goose, that goose is cool. But yeah, so yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. That goose was fucked up. So like, yeah, so to wrap my shit up, because I could t- I could talk a lot, a lot more. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it's not going to, because of the tone and, and the subject content, like it's not going to be one that I'm like, I'm going to frequent and revisit. It's not a feel good or just like all, all around fun. It's, it's kind of a sad, crazy, fucking strange movie. And it, it, it really worked in like, Hearing what people were saying as they were walking out of this movie was really interesting, too. I heard some people that were like, I'm never watching that again. That fucked me up. Like, not I'm never watching it again. I hated it. But, like, that mentally fucked me up because this is kind of a deranged movie about someone's descent into madness. And I really enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to Maxine, mm. the next installment in the X franchise. Be you ready? Oh, man. You've seen, um, what, two movies dude, in the I mean, last couple of weeks, right? Only two movies? It's been a while since you went to the movies, so you saw Barbarian. I saw Barbarian, and, and I saw this, and I guess since Jeremy gave his little spiel before he went on to his like manifesto there, uh, <laughs> Barbarian for me did not land. Uh, I saw it twice, and I thought the first time it didn't land for me because I was just super tired and drained, and I, I couldn't focus, and then when I went back and saw it, I think the first act is really good, good suspense, I think that small setting with just two characters worked really, really well. Um, and then where there's the reveal, I just, it lost me and I just, I didn't care for it. And I didn't care for <gasps> the final two acts. Um, just very disjointed to me. Anyways, that's, that's barbarian. Fair. I totally disagree um, with both of you, but that's okay. For <sighs> Pearl, like we've said, we all loved X. Like, I think for most of us, it's, it's on the top three of the year. For me, it's tied for the first or my number one horror movie of the year. And from the trailers initially, I knew it was going to not be the same as X. And it worried me a little bit. You know, I and I'm not going to keep bringing X up this whole time. But just the contrast here is, is, like you said, Jeremy, like X was the 70s, almost grindhouse, like gritty, bleak, dark, retro 70s horror, right? And we all loved that. And then from the trailer alone, Pearl had these vibrant colors and you had these just like orchestral songs and i was like all right i don't know there's like a corpse that's exploding with confetti like what am i getting into here like is he gonna really just kind of go like off the rails here timelines were different too so i knew you wouldn't get the 70s you'd be getting early 19th century but man dude when that fucking title card hit 
and that music just comes screaming in and Pearl drops onto the screen. I was like, holy fuck, I'm going to love this movie. I know I am. And it's like the perfect combo of Little House on the Prairie and I Love Lucy with that sinister twist. Like you're putting all these heavy, horrific elements into a movie that is tonally and visually lighthearted. Exactly. And calling back to like, like you said, Jeremy, like the Turner Classic movies you'd watch at like fucking noon with your grandfather. Like Ty West knew what he was doing and did it beautifully. And I think that the movie works so well as a prequel to X because it's that character study of Pearl. And that's carried by Mia Goth. And yeah, there are some great supporting characters. Like I really loved Tandy Wright as as Pearl's mom. I thought that their combative nature back and forth was a really, really good part of the movie. But being honest, like the movie is about Pearl and that's who you're following. And I do think that sometimes when you have movies like that, especially prequels about like an origin story, if you want to call it that, you get handed it like on a silver platter at the end. Like there's this whole buildup where nothing happens. And then all of a sudden it's just like, okay, well, like here's a little thing at the end. And like, you know what happens in the next movie anyways. And that's not what happened here. Like Mia Goth came into this role with such veracity and strength. And like, she had to pull most of this. Like, I I don't know where she pulled it from. I would say maybe like some personal aspects of her life because she pulled it from a very, very deep place. And it was just, it was heart wrenching, man. Because like you said, Jeremy, you're following this this character who is not a good person who is the villain but you shouldn't root for them but like you kind of are you're like man i really hope you get off that farm like man i really hope it works out for you on a personal level for me like i'm going through the fucking ringer in my life and so watching her descend into madness like an animal trapped in a corner it's like fuck man like that could happen to anyone and like justin you know this too like who here on this podcast doesn't just like daydream about like things that could have been or like places that you want to go like with your career or personal life like i find myself daydreaming all the time of like man wonder if like i were to make this move like how would it turn out or what would i do if like the podcast made it like super fucking big right what are you talking about we're fucking and, huge motherfucker <laughs> not i'm saying, making a million you're just saying, not getting any of not, it not saying that i'm going around like dry humping scarecrows in the middle of a cornfield or anything though, but which everyone should i think that looked very enjoyable i just i think it's so good and the last thing i'll say I know I'm taking up almost as much time as Jeremy here. Oh, my God. Oh, we got Jeremy number two over Dude, here. The fucking monologue at the end. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. The movie itself, I think, is slow burn. And I think, you know, contrasting it with X, there's not a lot of killing in it or a lot of bloody killing. There's a couple things here. But the monologue at the end where Pearl tells her sister-in-law about how her life turned out so poorly and not like she wanted. It's, man. I get it, man. Like that feeling of just being scared and angry at life and people because they chose to do things for themselves and they were, you were relying on them because you wanted to make it big yourself and you wanted somebody to help you. Like she wanted her mom to help her and her mom gave her coldness and her dad is ill and has to take care. And she married Howard because Howard was supposed to take her away from the farm because he had a rich family, but Howard didn't like his family and went off to the war. And now she's stuck, right? Like she has this incredible desire to break out of this prison that she believes that she's in. And that like the way she delivers it too is like that croaky, like hoarse voice, like, it goes on, what, maybe like seven to ten minutes, but like, I didn't care. Like, I thought it was the best part of the movie. And that is, I think, the strength of it is because, like I said again, it's a huge character study. She brings a very human nature to such a villainous role that you feel conflicted watching it because you really want her to be okay and you know that she's not going to be okay but you're still rooting for it to happen. And if she doesn't win a fucking award for this, I know she's not going to because the Academy doesn't typically look at horror, but like she should win every fucking award just for that monologue alone. Not only do I agree, but but I will follow that up with Pearl is for me a goth what Psycho is for Anthony Perkins. And I've had this Mm -hmm. argument on Twitter a few times. And I I most definitely... uh, pulled from that in my blurb that I was required to do, but I need to thank again A24 for inviting us as a brand to see the movie earlier. I know Jeremy could not make it because he was out of town or going out of town, and I got to see this in a tiny theater with five other people and uh, like three weeks ago. Very interesting, but I had the opportunity 
to see it again last night at my local vintage drive-in theater. And I took my dog, Goji, just me and her, because the wife is in Italy for two weeks. And I really wanted to soak this one in because upon first watch, it was a totally different thing, much like you guys both said, compared to X, which X, as of right now, is still my favorite horror movie of the year. Listen, <laughs> I'll be as surprised as anybody else if Halloween ends ends up just like catapulting up its way to the top and <laughs> slashing everything underneath and going, fuck all y'all, we made a good movie. Literally, I'd probably have a heart attack, but I literally uh, will echo everything that both of you have said. This is a character piece. And I think Ty West most definitely pulled from those influences of those early golden age films particularly like it's 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 clear that he was like referencing psycho in so many ways because we have this character that he you're supposed to feel bad for you're supposed to attach yourself to it's mia goth and the movie opens with her dancing around and she's so likable and she's so fun loving and she just wants to live life and there's really nothing wrong with that also the fucking movie takes place during a pandemic and like what is more relatable than that to us which we just went through like the fucking shit the ringer for like three fucking years man i mean literally ty west is a genius in terms of writing when it came to these movies i am just at this point knowing what he did with x and seeing what he did with pearl i can't fucking wait for maxine and I'm, I'm i'm calling it right now i know i'm getting ahead of myself i'm betting you both money right now he's gonna fucking channel brian de palma all up in this motherfucker and do an american giallo I swear to God, it'll be dressed to fucking kill. It'll be body double in this bitch. Yeah. I swear to God. Oh, yeah. So this movie, yes, most definitely knocked my socks off. I still like X better, but as a classic film lover, uh, overall cinephile, I just, you have to appreciate, it's like literally Wizard of Oz on steroids, but people get murdered. Um, that Technicolor fucking terrifying masterpiece that it is. And... Tyler Bates' score, Jeremy, I'm so glad you nailed that earlier on. Like, I mean, the score makes the movie for real. And we're talking about the guy that's literally Marilyn Manson's guitar player, as well as the guy that's put out so many. I mean, he did, you know, Rob Zombie's Halloween score. He's done so many different horror scores throughout the years. This guy is an expert when it comes to making scary music. But this shit is just. I get it. Expert. <laughs> I didn't even realize that myself. Look at you, Brady. Good. Look at yeah. how cool you are. But I mean, it, it, he made something so orchestral and so beautiful and so haunting that after I left the drive-in last night, I, I had you know the drive-in channel on my my radio and listened to it until it wouldn't work anymore. And then I went onto iTunes as I was driving home, found the one piece of music that's available to listen to, and I put it on repeat for my entire ride home. That's how much I fucking loved the music for this movie i love the visuals i love the performances i love the tone i honestly I, I i dare slightly disagree with jeremy a little bit i think this is a feel-good movie because for me what i'm really going in for is people getting killed in a really interesting way and we don't see that that many times but what we get is a joyful tone an image to a very dark subject matter and name any other movie we've gotten like this in the last five to 10 to 20 years. I, I can't think of a single one. He's he's lighting the movie brightly. It's not dark and spooky and scary. Like everything literally feels like, like Jeremy said earlier, a movie from the 40s or 50s or when Technicolor really came into play and everything was overly heightened in terms of like oversaturated with color, very little shadow. I mean, it's absolutely insane. The uh, the juxtaposition is like almost manic, and I don't know. <clears throat> I would assume that he did that on purpose because of the the subject nature of this film, and showing how just crazy, for lack of better terms, in the moment that Pearl is like she can't even really control it herself, and it's just like she is this happy, upbeat character, but there's a huge massive darkness well, also dare i say this and dare i challenge is she just not a product of, product of her own environment here i mean what we're seeing is she's isolated overbearing family um she's literally cleaning her dad's fucking diaper or i assume his uh, i don't even know they didn't have like male diapers back then so she's cleaning his drawers every single day feeding him liquid morphine her mother is terrible to her clearly hates her 
she's out there with no friends, nobody to talk to but animals. You know what I mean? I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. And I think that her environment definitely contributes to who she is as a person. But I think that it was also like vague enough in that aspect that when you come into her in the movie, like you're just getting glimpses of that at first. And she's still like killing the goose and like doing all this stuff. So I think it's probably a mixture of both. Like, I think that she had some issues and they probably just got broadened. I mean, by Brayden, let's face it here. Okay. She killed on. the goose. All right. She's friends with that fucking alligator. All right. She needed to feed the alligator. So here's the thing. My cousin <laughs> growing up used to nail frogs to trees. Oh shit, dude. Well, he's a serial killer now. So that's great. How many <laughs> I people mean, I don't know what he's doing now. at this point? Yeah. I don't know if, he, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, and he came from a, a pretty decent home. I'd say, I hope none of them are listening, but you know, <laughs> the one, the one thing that I really just need to, drill home is that it's very difficult to eat a sandwich with <laughs> Pearl's dad on the screen. Um, if our listeners take anything away from this, it's don't try to eat a sandwich when Pearl's dad is on screen. Or if you have a queasy stomach, probably don't eat like barbecue or pork because there's that scene where the pig is like infested with maggots and mold. And Dude, there's a lot of really fucking gross imagery uh, in this movie, Ty West did a fucking fantastic job with a lot of the gross out shit. Speaking of gross out shit, there's literally close up shots of heads being decapitated and yeah, arms, arms and legs off. being cut up into sections in ways that I've never seen. It kind of reminded so me of gratuitously. Uh, like Dexter. You it know? was beautiful. Because yeah. like in, it was so in Dexter, beautiful it's like to this watch. art, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was also gross, though. Like, I was just like, oh, my God, I don't think I've ever seen dismemberment scenes so close up and so fucking realistic. It was also, I, I felt a sense of beauty to it. I felt a sense of art to it. I mean, those that, like myself, that love the macabre, if you will, I mean... I think he gave us that he presented us that in a way where it's still tasteful. I mean, I didn't find it to be dirty or raunchy or anything, which is in comparison to X, a totally different thing. You know what I mean? The whole movie tries yeah. to, to walk that line of, listen, if they made a movie back in set this said era, the Technicolor era, you know, which kind of started in the late 40s, it, how would they do it? How would they approach it? How would they approach the characters? I mean, we get no curse. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't. We don't hear any curse words in the movie, or anything like that. Every character is written the way they would have been written, the way they would have spoken back then. I mean, the projectionist himself. What a great fucking character, you know. What a great actor uh, 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 also. for sure. Great David actor. Not, I mean, he he mirrors Pearl perfectly. He's this outsider who's literally just trying to kind of comfort her as this bohemian guy who just goes around showing films. I mean, there is a moment where you, you feel this sense of uh, possible darkness within him when he shows her the, the stag film. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, the movie that Ty West showed in this movie, which is an actual vintage porno, it's rated X. He got it into the movie somehow without the MPA like saying no to it. It's apparently a banned film or something. It's It's like very... I've heard that it was never allowed to be shown in a movie and he put it into a movie. It's rated R and it's being shown. I mean, we saw a literal dude banging two chicks from like, you know, the olden days or something. He shows her that. And at that point I was like, Oh man, is he like going to be in on something with her? Is he going to try something? Nope. Just a really, the dude just thinks of it as art. You know what I mean? And just loves film. Yeah. And I was like, Holy shit. For once they're not painting dudes in a bad light in these kinds of movies like Ty West understands where we're at as a society when it comes to wokeness and people being canceled and all that shit. And the character's just all around a really good dude. Like he's just trying to help. Uh, her. I think, no, 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 don't say, uh, come on, man. He I mean, banged her that he was going to desert her. He was not going to desert her at all. He only, the only yeah, reason he, he no, he wasn't. He never said he was going to desert anybody. Listen, seriously, 
Okay, okay, he didn't overtly say, I'm going to desert you, which means that he was a good guy. He was going to fucking bang her and leave, man. He was a dr- Justin. Have you ever he was had a, a one-night stand? No. So shut the fuck up. Yes, I have. Okay, so you know what the fuck he's that like, means. He's like, I, ba- I banged Betsy Sue in the so, back so of a van outside so the dude, church. No, number one, he, he did care about her. And that's, that's you can different, clearly man. See that. I, you're trying to defend him, and that's fine, but you're wrong, not, and you're going to have to admit it I'm eventually. I'm not wrong at all about the character. I'm actually, actually, actually going to side with Justin. Right on, on the one. nose. I think that <laughs> I think that he had good intentions with yeah. Pearl. That he, I think he saw a lot of himself in her. Dude, you know, scene he with understands. Him on the bed. No. She's on top of him, literally forcefully on top of him, making out with him in her room after he saw what kind of house. Ha- he, he literally just offered her a ride home. It's a dude. She came to him. We don't know what happened in the in betweens at all. I, th- at I all. think he had good intentions with her, and then. Once he got to her house and realized, like, yo, things don't feel right, things don't seem right, and they don't look and sound right, he was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. He's inspecting. He's hearing sounds and shit, and she's like, don't worry about it. He he obviously saw when he walked Mm. into the house. Her dad is like, I I don't know. Seriously, give give me a reason as to why. I just fucking did. He's a drifter. It's a one night stand. No, there's nothing wrong with a one night stand, but I'm saying that like I think he was leading her on, and sure you can say that he. Maybe I don't feel didn't like any part of the character, the way it was written, or his dialogue, or the way he acted towards her at all, would lead me to believe that oh. he was intentionally well, trying to bait her or anything like that. He was nice to her. I mean, well, I you, guess. Do you I'll understand just, that it's a one night stand? I guess I'll just use what Justin likes to say in film is subjective, and I can feel how I want to feel about that. Absolutely, you can. Absolutely, but you're wrong. I mean, I. I <laughs> that, see, here's the thing: the whole movie. Understand me in this sentiment: the whole movie has characters surrounded around Pearl. You're supposed to think that they're bad or they're treating her bad, but by the end of the movie, you realize that they all have their own good intentions in their own way. But all humans are flawed understand this the the sister-in-law flawed her husband extremely flawed the mother deeply flawed but i don't think any character in the movie outside of pearl has any underlining deep intentions as to do anything to hurt anybody else or to harm anyone or to fuck anybody over i think it's only pearl who in her own mind as Jeremy said earlier on, goes into that deep descent into madness based upon all of her surroundings, which we all know how that can feel, how that can, you know, treat a person and the outcome in which that can occur. I I, I feel like out of all the people in the movie, the projectionist is literally the nicest person in the entire movie because even he, he treats her like he, an equal. even Ruth, you know, her sister-in-law, pretty much knows if she takes her to the dance thing she's offering this opportunity she takes her she knows she's probably going to win but she's taking her out of a charity thing we see that when they bring the pig to the door that their family is known for charity so yeah again that just the perspective on the male character in the movie because let's be clear here there are no other male characters in the movie her dad is in a wheelchair. He's literally a fucking manic in the entire movie, a drooling fucking corpse. And her husband, Howard, only comes in in the last scene, which, by the way, is legitimately one of the most insane fucking crazy scenes. And here's where we get that Texas Chainsaw fucking influence here. Jeremy, tell me that that did not feel like, you know, a 1918 Texas Chainsaw scene when he walks in the door and sees the table set and everything it was insanity it was it was it was amazing dude i i also loved like how glossed over the and and grayish the corpse's eyes were with the fucking rotten food on the table and she comes in but let's be let's let's wrap this up because we are at the end of the film that's what we're talking about let's be real this guy's been in war for a long time He's been thinking about fucking his wife the whole time. He comes home, he finds his wife in the kitchen with the corpse of her mother and the corpse of her father and all this rotten food. He knows, oh fuck, my wife killed her parents and there's all this rotten crazy shit going on, but I need me a piece of ass. Do you think ultimately, (laughs) do you think ultimately, like that was the deciding factor of he's like, you know, I'm gonna stay with her, I'm gonna help her. I'm going to feed her parents with alligators. That's cool because 
I need some ass. Well, you know, I feel like that was a, a contributor. I feel like we've all we've all overlooked some things. Just to, oh, yeah, for sure. We've, we've seen some red flags and be like, you know what? I'm still gonna try. We, we it. all have. Yep. You know what? <laughs> but I'm thinking about Mister right now. <laughs> but in the same way, <laughs> though, you know, mirroring what you know Ty West was doing as a filmmaker in terms of the tone, the style, the era of filmmaking that he wanted to mirror. A man from that era, very rarely was divorce was a very uh, it was a no no thing. You know, he you stuck mm-hmm. by what you were doing, and that was kind of the way you lived your life, even if you were suffering. And it, it, that's again this the end of the movie, I think broadens and shines a large light on the character of Howard that we saw in X. It, it really gives a lot more to us as an audience member to go, oh shit, now I kind of understand his motivation, where he was at, and like that time period in between, like what he must have gone through. Um, it's very interesting in my mind, at least, like how, holy shit, dude, this guy is a dedicated motherfucker. But yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and I'll say my final thoughts here, and, and, and I'll, we'll, we'll go into trash or to treasure it here. This 100% is a performance piece. This is a character piece. Mia Goth, I agree with you brady 100 in terms of her performance the character mia goth also major props she helped write her character in this movie that monologue legitimately is one of the most iconic things to ever happen to the horror genre like literally ever i mean yeah um, I agree. and she does a uh, she 100 deserves every nomination every award that could possibly come her way she will not win anything or probably be nominated for anything but this movie bullshit all of it i give it to her all (laughs) come on but i mean in all reality like this movie is so different from everything else we've ever gotten in the genre the time period the style the cinematography everything about it it's so special it's so different and if you've listened to this whole review, ladies and gentlemen, and you haven't seen the movie, I feel bad for you because we spoiled the whole thing for you, but go fucking see this movie. Support this movie. Champion this movie because it's extremely rare where anyone will ever get a movie like this, not only just made, but distributed. And I saw it at a vintage drive-in last night. It's literally like a widespread large release. So go see it. I'm 100% going to treasure this thing. I'll throw it over to you, Jeremy, next for Trash It or Treasure It. Despite the fact that it was difficult to eat a sandwich (laughs) during the beginning of this film, uh, I'm going to treasure this as well. I really loved it. It was a good time. Uh, I won't be revisiting it anytime soon because it kind of fucked me (laughs) up a little bit. uh, Is Mr. I'm going to kick that dog over the fucking display? Worried about a goose? I actually love dogs, just not the one that pissed oh, on my okay. shit. Just, just but, no uh, pussy-ass <laughs> dudes with little pussy-ass dogs, right? He likes his man-sized Get a man dog. Give me a man-sized dog. So yeah, try to- <laughs> And be ready, uh, even though we disagreed earlier on about the one male character that is very likable in the film. <laughs> uh, did, you, did you just not like his mustache? Shut the fuck did you just up. not like his mustache or his suspenders I or his hair? I his mustache. I was jealous of it. Actually, okay, every, but- every dude should want to be him because, to be fair... He's far, he's he's far too attractive to be a bohemian. Motherfucker, you should be yeah, like yeah. a model or some shit back then, but whatever. No, man. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's much else I can say that we haven't already said about this movie. Just incredible character study. Ty West really knows what he's doing. I think Ty West deserves to have his name thrown in there with the likes of like Ari Aster. You know, I, I excited that A24 is finally getting a franchise, potentially. You know, at least it's getting this trilogy. I was about um, to say, there, there's it, no it, potentially. This is, is the fucking is this franchise. Not like, it, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I, my mind is like at a blank right now. Is, isn't this the first franchise they've ever done? I think yes, so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. So I think that in Ty West's hands, it's great. And Jeremy, like you said, like he's got a great catalog of movies for years now. He just took a long ass break and everybody forgot about it. Real quick, favorite Ty West movie? The Innkeepers. X. The Sacrament. My second mm-hmm. one would be um, probably House of the Devil. Yeah, that's probably my second one. one. Uh, but yeah, but I I mean, I'm going to treasure this movie. Jeremy, I'll disagree with you. I could probably watch this again, like very soon, uh, because it's those colors, man. Those colors and just that nature of the movie. Like, And it's it's a quick movie. It's like an hour and 50 minutes. Listen, it's a listen, little longer than X, but like, watch it goes by fast. Just watch the movie and don't eat a Philly cheesesteak. Get a piece of pizza, <laughs> have a salad, eat some chicken wings, or be like, some or be like me and just pig. have an alcohol-fueled diet the entire time. Just drink alcohol, and you'll be yeah. perfectly fine. But there it is, ladies well, and gentlemen. Brain stew crew all around, motherfucker, all giving this shit a treasure it. If you've seen the movie, let us know what you thought of it. And, Jeremy... <laughs> We're all over the place, but if they want to find us, if they want to listen to us, if they want to hang out with us, if they want to comment, if they want to tell Be Ready he's wrong about the dude's mustache. Shut the fuck up. 
Tell them where they can find us. Damn. Hi, guys. You guys <laughs> can find us on all types of places on the internet. Uh, you can Pardon? find us on... You can find us on the Facebooks. You can find us on the Instagrams. Uh, you can find us on the MySpace. You can find us on ChristianMingle.com. <laughs> you can find us on FarmersMeetFarmersDaughters.Web.GeoCities.com. You can find us on the Gmails, the Hotmails, the WebEx. The Angel Fires. <laughs> <laughs> The Microsoft Teams meetings. You can find us on the Microsoft Teams meetings. You can find us on the Zoom calls. Uh, you can find us all over. So just just find yeah, us because yeah. we're we're ready to be found. <laughs> if you just want to find us, because otherwise we're just being there watching the movies, just hoping that you have some communications with us. Because we like talking. We like talking with you. We'll come together. We kind of like to think of ourselves like a cinematic little family and ultimately i i used to i used to collect pieces of legos and i had a dream one day i was gonna build me a castle i ain't never built me the castle but i still got all the pieces and i really like for all of us to get together maybe we could take the pieces of the legos and make a make a lego house with if you wanted to come do that i've got some comfortable pillows i've got on the guest couch and spare room um Mother furnished it. It's real nice. So, anyways, it's nice talking with y'all. Jesus fucking Oh my Christ. God. Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, if you want to find us on social media at Epic Film Guys, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, we love each and every one of you, seriously, and all of our patrons. Seriously, we love you so, so much. The one last thing I'll say before we end this episode when you watch this movie, watch Mia Goth's face through the entire end credits. Mm-hmm. Watch her expression. Yep. Watch her performance. Literally one of the best performances in the entire horror genre. But again, thank you so, so much for listening to the show. We love you so much. My name is Justin. I'm Jeremy. I'm B-Ratty. And as always, we like to ask you to keep it creepy. Well, keep it creepy. Creepy. I'm not one of the greedy my one thought simple I know what's on my mind I'm not resting until I find what would make your eyes glisten with joy now listen big boy I want to be loved by you just Nobody else but you I want to be loved by you Alone I want to be kissed by you Just you Nobody else